we have started this new series called Together, and we're working through that. And uh, Pastor Mike started us with that last week. At what it looks like when uh, brethren dwell together in unity, the blessing of the Lord is there. And so we are looking as we continue in this journey together about being together, what's missing from Jesus' mission. And, uh, and so, you know, there's, there's this aspect of uh, puzzles. Who likes to do a puzzle? I heard some are doing puzzles. And they're almost ashamed. It's like, a, you know, adult coloring, right? Most people wouldn't put their hands up. There we go. And, and I mean, it's a great pastime if, if you like that. Uh, I, I like puzzles. Our family, we used to always do puzzles when we were away from home, up in our little cabin. It was kind of a cottage thing, a camping thing we did. And we would work on it. We always had those few in our family that would try to force a piece where it didn't belong. Remember those ones? That ruined the whole puzzle for you. But, but I want us to think today about missing pieces. How frustrating that is. Right? Missing pieces. I remember somebody grabbing some pieces under our table in Shelton. We couldn't finish it. And he was looking for three pieces. We found them. And, and how frustrating it is to get a puzzle and then find out you can't finish it. That those pieces are missing. And, and it becomes something that you get frustrated with because you've come so far and yet you're not able to finish. You know, and I think about the frustration too uh, about those missing pieces. But also, when you haven't finished a project. Well, now we won't go to our quilters. Our quilting group. Uh, how many times we've talked about these projects that are started and not finished. And we've got to get them finished. But, but we think about in life that we've started a project. I, I know when you renovate a kitchen and it's not quite done yet. And how you feel, women especially, until it's done, right? And so that aspect of never finishing, starting something but never finishing. And I want us to think this morning about the reality that the Jesus mission is not complete. And we, we know God's word that it will be complete when the Lord returns. That mission still continues on. It is not complete. We have to ask ourselves, what's happening with the mission in North America? What's happening with the mission in the church in Canada? Uh, the church in Canada has been in a steady decline. We, we are seeing this steady decline that just is going less and less, and we seem to have less and less impact in our nation. And people all around have been asking the questions. Different denominations are, are saying, what is going on? Why is the mission of Jesus not being completed? You know, it's kind of sad because CBC News reported last March from the National Heritage Group that over 9,000 churches will close in Canada in the next 10 years. That's shocking. 9,000 churches will close in Canada in the next 10 years. And so we have to ask ourselves as we journey on this together, this topic, what is happening with Jesus' mission in Canada. I've been had the opportunity to be sent to California, uh, went to California for a, a seminar on called the Master's Plan. It's based on a program that the Spanish Church 
it's doing in South America, the church is exploding in South America, and so of course somebody had translated into English, and we were sent to California to experience this master's plan. I'll tell you one thing, it's very serious. It's very disciplined. It takes a lot of involvement, and yet the church is exploding in South America. We know the church is growing. It's just not growing in Canada. And so there was, I was reminded by the Spanish program called Impacto, which means impact in English. And so what they were teaching was that each Christian is responsible to win another Christian, to win another person to faith, to Christ. And so each person in a pew is empowered in a year's time to win one person for Jesus. Imagine where our churches would be in Canada if every professing Christian made that their mission for 2020. We've got 11 months left. That with God's help and prayer, God is going to help me to witness to someone, to love someone, to share the faith with someone, and they will come to faith in this year. No wonder that when you look at South America, the church is exploding. Impact also says each pastor is responsible to train another pastor. Because the truth of it is, if that many people get saved, you need more churches and you need more pastors. That's another terrible issue that we're going through in the church in Canada. There are not enough pastors to come in behind us. Right now, we spoke to our national director the fall. And Pastor Mike has shared this a few times in prayer, uh, that there's going to be about 65 pastors retiring across Canada, and presently we have about 32 in training, one right here, and a lot of them that are in training have no plans on becoming a pastor. They're doing other kind of ministries. So we have to ask ourselves, what is going to happen in the church in the next few years if we're not training pastors? So it's our responsibility as pastors to be training other pastors and getting them ready to step in behind us, to pass the baton. That's our calling as pastors. Then, Impact also talks about every church should be looking at planting another church. There was a time when the church of the Nazarene was planting and expanding across the Atlantic. Those churches that have been popped up all over the place is because somebody had a vision to put that church there and plant that church. <coughs> so every church should be thinking about where we could plant another church. And so that's Impact. What I want to say to you, I shared all that to say to you, I have gone to conferences, I have gone to programs, I have tried to do all kinds of things, that's the issue, hear that? I, 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 <coughs> and somehow the church is saying, well if we do this and if we do that and all these other things, then we're going to see God's move. And I've just been to a lot of conferences, and a lot of them are good. But you just get to a point and say, Lord, another conference. Is that the answer? You see, in Canada right now, there's about 5% of churches are seeing an increase. All across Canada. All denominations. And that also includes our immigration that's coming in and people are coming in of a denomination and going to that church. That's all we're seeing. There's only 5% of churches in North America are actually seeing any kind of increase. So this is this is something that we're all asking together. There's that word again. What does God want us to do? How do we complete 
Jesus' mission? What does it take to complete his mission? And so I just want to share this morning a couple things that we'll pull together and we'll, in the weeks ahead we'll unpack the together part. We all know the Great Commission. We've heard the Great Commission, how Jesus has sent us. Matthew 28, 19-20 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the end of the age. So we're to go. We've heard that. We know that, that we're to go. You know, in the 1960s and 70s, we've done very well with that. Uh, there was the evangelism explosion. Uh, people would do door knocking. People went to great evangelistic campaigns. They were handing out flyers. Uh, the five spiritual laws, rules, and all of that was happening. And it worked. It was a good thing. But there came a point where that just didn't seem to work anymore. And so we have to ask ourselves, what went wrong there? Many say that the problem was we came so overly zealous in sharing the gospel and seeing that people got saved that some became rude and brash. Ever been around that? Some of us know. I walked into the Blue Jay Stadium and there were some brash people standing right outside the stadium. Wanting to tell you the truth. Good thing. But I could hear the ridicule, and I could hear people walk far away. It wasn't as if people running were running up to speak to these individuals that were there telling people the way and the truth. And what we found in recent years is that people have run further away from us instead of being drawn to us or to the gospel. In the 80s and 90s and even the year 2000, there were other movements that revisit evangelism and had this passion to go and share the good news. We think of uh, uh, Rick Warren and Bill Hybels and others that have done those things. They seemed to start a new movement in the church and it was great to see. And yet again, it just seemed to stop. In the U.S., adults who attend religious services has declined in 10% in the last 10 years. So, so we're saying from 2010 to 2020, adults have dropped 10% in the church in the U.S. I don't know what the numbers are for Canada, but usually we're always worse off, as we're more secular than what we see in the States. And so it is important for us to remember this going. It is important for us to remember the great commission that we have been sent. We have been told to go. And, and that's an important piece of the puzzle that always has to remain there. But there is the second piece of the puzzle, which is the great commandment. Mark 12, verses 30 to 31 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. See, if we focus on going, but we're not going with hearts set on fire with the love of God, then we're only doing the duty. And people pick up on them really quick. It has to be a heart issue. It has to be something where my heart is strangely warmed, as John Wesley said. My heart is burdened from a loss, not just my family, but the loss of all of West Prince. There's something within me that aches when I realize that another one has died and has passed and is going into a, a eternal 
and death instead of life evermore. There has to be something in, in me that is moved when I see people, a compassion to help people and come alongside of them, and, and, and there has to be something of the love of Jesus in my heart. The love of God and the love for people. And so this going and loving needs to be wedded together. This going and loving needs to be demonstrated in practical ways. I find it very interesting. I'm not a counselor, Pastor Sheila is. <clears throat> but uh, I have found it uh, over the years quite interesting when you speak to people who are going through marital difficulty. And, and as you speak to people, it's part of the conversation that I hear often, and excuse the you men, but I, I pick on you right now. Well, she knows that I love her. She knows that I love her. And then you do that discussion, well, she doesn't feel loved. Well, that's foolishness. That's not true. She knows that I love her. And usually the discussion is, you need to show tangible ways that you love this woman. And woman, you need to do the same for your man. Now, at Valentine's, that's free, right? That's free. See, see, we want to see, we want to see that love lived out, exercised in tangible ways. And unfortunately, a lot of people take the ones they love for granted. They don't demonstrate it. They don't show it. Why do I say that? I say the same thing for us as a church. We can sit in a prayer meeting and say, oh, we love West Prince. We love all the people in West Prince. I love my neighbors. I love God and I love my neighbors. Well, do they feel it? Have they seen it? Have we showed it as a church? Or is it something we just talk about? See, people are wanting to see love demonstrated, lived out. And so it's so important for us to show the love. And I can hear the minds already thinking, but pastor, this is what's got us into trouble. All this love, 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 and nobody cares about hearing about the gospel, and nobody, everybody thinks that Jesus loves everybody true, but we're all on our way to heaven in a hand aid, and it doesn't matter. That is not what we're saying this morning. But if we're only doing going out of duty, that our words just drop to the floor in front of that person. It has to be the love of Christ in our hearts that compels us, that helps us to care for people, that we're loving our neighbors, that we truly love them with the love of Christ. That is a missing piece that is needed. And so the church has worked on being more loving, the church in Canada, and, and, and yet we still see that there's something missing, that there's a piece still missing, and this is the, the, the outcome why this whole Together series has come from. What is the missing link? What is the missing piece? And maybe we can say as a church, well, we haven't been so good at going. Uh, maybe we can say as a church, we haven't been so good at loving. What is the missing piece? I just want a little sidebar here. As, as a church board, we've been praying. We've had these hard discussions. Not enough of it yet, but we have said, where is the love? Where is the love for us as a church? And one of the goals that we're setting as we look forward into where would God want to bring us as the Elmsdale Church of the Nazarene into the future, that God would want us to be more loving and caring, that God would want us to demonstrate it more and show it, and not just assume that people know it. 
whether in the church or outside the church. And so what is this missing piece? And so uh, the next piece that's missing is this aspect of together. This great collaboration. John 17 is that priestly prayer of Jesus. He prayed for his disciples and then he started to pray for us. Do you realize that Jesus prayed for us? He is right now our high priest. He is right now in prayer meeting praying for us in this worship service. And you get to say amen to his prayers. That changed my prayer life. That changed my prayer life when I realized that Jesus is my high priest and he is praying right now and I get to join in his prayer meeting. Change my prayer life. It's not a duty. It is a joy and a delight to walk into his prayer meeting. Lord, what would you have me pray today? What would you have me say? What would you have me do? And so he is our high priest. And here we see him praying for us. In John 17, verses 20 to 23. Hear Jesus' prayer. My prayer is not just for them alone, his disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that you and me. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. What's the purpose of Jesus' mission? What's the purpose of his prayer? He makes it known in these two verses. He says it very clearly in verse 21. So that the world may believe that you have sent me. He says it again in verse 23. To let the world know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So yes, we go. And yes, we are loving. But we're also doing it together. Here is the great issue that we are struggling with in the church in North America. It is our individualism. It is this attitude that's just me and Jesus and Jesus and me. And I don't need you and you don't need me. And we'll just get there. The gospel, the story, everything about God's word is about togetherness. It is what is one of the metaphors of us as a church, the body. What's another metaphor? The family, the family of God. There is no such thing as individualism in the gospels. Now, you individually have to come to faith on your own terms, but after that, you are born and brought into the body of Christ, into the family of God. You belong to someone, and someone belongs to you. And so there is this sense of doing the, the, the commission and the commandment together. I like what somebody said about this unity of faith. All may be one, may be united as brethren. Christians are all redeemed by the same blood and are going to the same heaven. Did you hear that? You know, we used to say jokes about the Nazarenes in the corner and the Pentecostals over here and the Baptists. My friends, we're going to the same heaven together. There's unity in that. They have the same wants, the same enemies, the same joys. Though they are divided into different denominations, yet they will meet at last in the same home of glory. Hence they should feel 
that they belong to the same family and are children of the same God and Father. So the purpose is to unite the church. This is the Jesus mission. The Jesus mission is to bring us together in this community that are going, that are loving, and we're doing it together. And that is where the mission of Jesus will be fulfilled. That the world may know. That the world may believe. See, our world, as Pastor Mike said during communion, our world is divisive. Our world, there's disunity. There's backbiting. There's all those things that tear people down. Nitpicking and, and, and judgment and finding all those issues. And so the community of faith is supposed to be a different place. It's supposed to be a breath of fresh air in the world that we live in. That people are drawn to that kind of community. We know what the pagans said about the early church. See how they love one another. That's what draws people to Christ and to the body of Christ and into church. We can do all kinds of conferences. We can do all kinds of programs. But if we are not working and living in unity, no one wants to be a part of that family. That, that's a family that puts on a meal and very few show up except for the crazy aunt that nobody wants to be around. Because everybody senses it, everybody feels it, they know there's disunity. There's always, they know there's this divisiveness. It is the body of Christ that is this new community, this new life that draws people in because all of that crap, excuse the word, is gone. And it's not part of the body of Christ in the church. So where's our problem? Oh dear. Do we want to go there? Here's the problem. When our place of worship becomes a place of judgment, when our place of worship becomes a place of divisiveness, when our place of worship becomes a place where I get information through the prayer that I take that and talk about you instead of get on my knees and pray for you, then I don't want to be a part of that community. I run from it instead of run. You're all looking very serious at me. I run from it instead of run to it. I appreciate it, Maxine and their team, including the faith communities in this whole welcoming the outsider. It's interesting because God's putting all these pieces together because Wednesday night we talked about xenophobia, the fear of others. It seems like it's all coming together, that God's putting it all together. We have this opportunity, neighbor to neighbor, because West Prince, believe it or not, is not known to be very welcoming, because all of our medical peoples come, and what do they do? We said, I said one time in a conference, I said, well, and Amanda brought that out again on Wednesday night, well, West Prince is very friendly, but they don't always do good at befriending. And the faith communities have been used and believed to be an integral part of all of this that's happening in West Prince because we know better. We know that we're to love God and love our neighbor. We are to demonstrate to the world out there in West Prince what true, genuine community looks like. Where we love one another and have each other's back and encourage one another and spur one another on as iron sharpens iron. That is the body of Christ. That's who we are. And so, you know, we can sit back and say, that's nice, Pastor, what you're saying, 
go in one ear and out the other. But we do know that there's an issue in West Prince. It's factual. And we do know that there's an issue in Canada with the church. It's factual. And we have to ask some of the hard questions. We have to begin to do some of the deep self-examination. To say, Lord, am I a part of the solution? Or am I a part of the problem? The only way we're going to move forward. It's the only way that we're going to see God move in the way that we would want to see Him move. Yes, we are to go. Yes, we are to love. But the only way we can do it is together. The Great Commission we go, the Great Commandment we love, and the Great Collaboration is we do it together. We really do need each other. I was woken up in the morning. This was not <clears throat> the actual closing. The actual closing that I had, and the, the Spirit woke me up early on Thursday morning and gave me a reminder of something that I had experienced, something that's been on my heart that I kind of pushed to the side. And so I'm sharing now my concerns, my feelings as a pastor. You can say, Pastor, it's unfounded, I don't agree with it, that is up to you, but I need to be obedient to what God put on my heart as I end this service. And uh, it goes back to Ladies' Retreat last year. And I've been going to Ladies' Retreat. Some of the women that were Ladies' Retreat, they just kind of sit up and listen. Uh, But I I believe it reveals deeper issues and deeper problems. It's just a story that I experienced that God's put on my heart. And uh, I I was there, and, and I never knew who was going to retreat. I didn't know who was going with who. Uh, it was just show up and you're there. And at the end of retreat, something really spoke to me. I was watching. I had a quiet time. I spent a lot of time in prayer last year at retreat. <clears throat> it was a great retreat. We all said it was nice. Um, and at the end of the retreat, I looked down the, the end of the gymnasium in Moncton. And as I looked down the end of the gymnasium in Moncton, there was this great church group taking a group picture. <clears throat> all the ladies together. All weekend. Somehow, though, they were coming in separate cars. Somehow, even though they were at separate tables for a meal, they were together. They were at retreat for the purposes of God together. You could see it at the altar. You could see it in the worship. You could see it at the end when they all wanted to get a picture together. Then all of a sudden, I looked down the other end of the gym, and there's another group, another church group, and they can't wait to take a picture together. Now the ladies know where I'm going with this. And I said, Lord, what is it with our church? There's two or three over there. There's a van load over here. There's a couple more over there. Oh, we tolerate each other. We we kind of pass each other and have a meal together. But we are not together. Ladies, I've seen it year after year. We're not together. We're going to get what we can get at a retreat with the ones that we want to go with. At the total loss of the whole group growing, growing together. I drove over alone. Not one person said, Pastor, do you have a ride? 
Now, lots of times I'll fill my car and bring people, but it was something that the Holy Spirit said to me, you need to go along. You need to spend time in prayer. I don't know what it is that's getting in the way of us being the body of Christ together, but it's got to stop. And men, your turn. I remember trying to hear about it was wonderful that the men got together and Dave worked so hard with the men's ministry. What a few men miss it. But it got to a point where Dave couldn't just keep doing it anymore and the response wasn't there and they just stopped the men's ministry. And you know, many of you know that Pastor Mike and I tried to do breakfasts. We got a handful of guys out, maybe. It was like pulling teeth to get men out to have a meal together. I remember some of the men saying to me, Oh, Pastor, you know, we don't need this. What do we need this for? Don't worry about it. Don't waste it. You're getting up early. You're doing all that. I had some of the men saying, You know, Pastor, I'm just too busy. And then we wonder why we're not seeing people come. What are they coming to? Come sit alone in a service, meet Jesus, have an experience with Him, and then go home alone? And come back again next week and have an experience with Him and come home alone and go back home alone. My friends, we need to ask the hard questions and I'm preaching my heart out here and I'm sharing my story, my insights. You can tell me if I'm wrong or not. But I want to say to you, yesterday I walked into the bakery, complete stranger asked me a question about Pastor Mike and I, about what was happening with us, and she had heard it in the rumor mill, based partially in truth and a lot of lies. A stranger! And I was able to say, no, that's not true. It's not rumor mill. Call it for what it is. Gossip. It's gossip. We know better. They don't know better. This is a part of our culture. You can say to me, Pastor, it's because we're in a small community. Yes, out there, yes, but not in here. I want to challenge you. I don't know what you're going to do with this message. I don't know how God is speaking to you. But if you're going to mention someone's name, I pray you mention it because you're on your knees praying for them. When you hear people around you wanting to talk about people and hear what's going on and all the issues, walk away. Ask them about how they're doing. We need to stop this divisiveness, backbiting, nitpicking. I've heard more nitpicking in five years than I've ever heard in all my 25 years of ministry before that. I'm being honest. It's a new year. It's 0202-21. Once in a lifetime. If we're going to move forward as a church, and we're going to go, and we're going to love, and we're going to do it together, then there are some things that all of us need to look at. All of us as pastors do. And we need to say, Lord, is this part of the solution? Or is this a problem? Am I part of the problem? Lord, change me. Help this community of faith here work together that those around us will want to be a part of what's going on here. And what they see out at the bakery or down at Shirley's or down at Timmy's at the corner, they'll say it's different in here. They'll say amen or no? Amen. Is it getting through? 